DJ and PK, time to talk jazz basketball with Ben Anderson here. I'm on the jazz radio broadcast pre-half and post-game. He's on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Ben, good morning. Good morning. So, Ben, the Jazz lose. There are probably several reasons, but what is one that jumps out at you as the most important? Uh, I mean, probably just the poor shooting from their their three best offensive players, or at least maybe their most you know three recognizable offensive players. When you go seven of twenty eight with Donovan and, and Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert and score just twenty two points, I mean, I think that's probably the easiest point to look at and say if one of those guys has an average night, it's a much different basketball game. Why do you think Bogdanovich has been so hot and cold here recently? I do think some of it's the, the scheme right now the teams are playing and, and their recognition that, hey, if you put a smaller defender on him, he's not necessarily comfortable shooting over him from the three-point line, so he feels like he needs to put the ball on the floor, and then they poke the ball away, and that seems like it's been a really common issue for Boyan. So I think that's the main problem, and he's he's got to adjust to the fact that he's either got to shoot over him and be comfortable doing it, but eight shots on a night like last night's probably too few when the Jazz offense is struggling so bad. You know, one thing is when you see a team shooting low percentage, often they've uh, stopped going to the hoop. But you look at the shot shot after the game, and Bogdanovich was uh, 0 for 3 inside of about 6 feet. Donovan Mitchell was 1 for 8 inside of 6 feet. Do we chalk that up to the Toronto Raptors' extraordinary length and athleticism changing a lot of those shots? Yes and no. I mean, there was just some bad luck. Uh, Jordan Clarkson on a fast break tried to draw a foul on Pascal Siakam instead of just going up and laying it in or dunking the ball. And it was in some ways the right play because it would have put Siakam in foul trouble in a game that they just had no depth. But uh, at the same point, you just need the points. You just, you just needed that basket, and they blew it. So uh, I think in some, they just missed some bunnies. They missed some easy shots. And, and some nights that's going to happen to you, and it's going to be the difference in the game. Uh, but also, you know, there is a modern that the Houston Rockets dictated a little bit with Robert Covington, though it seems like it's fallen off. There's kind of a modern belief that you can defend the rim with smaller basketball players, and it probably actually goes back to those those Heatles teams, the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh teams that didn't have a true rim protector and were still really good defensively at the rim. So as we look at this team since the All-Star break, it's been hot or cold, and maybe Bogdanovich has been a symbol of this. I'm wondering as we go forward, though, is this who they are? Because there's time to, to get going here and maybe move up a seat or two, or do you expect more of the same? Offensively, yes, this is probably who they are. But, you know, they're, they're a jump-shooting team. They're a three-point shooting team, and those are going to have hot nights, and those are going to have bad nights. And when you're hot, you're going to be almost impossible to beat. And when you're not, you're going to be beatable. Now, I think the good news is you're starting to see the defense improve. And clearly, Clint, Clint Snyder and Rudy Gobert have talked about that a lot and how it needs to improve. Uh, and last night, they were pretty good defensively. And in, in their last six games now, they haven't had a defensive rating of worse than 120, which 120 is an enormously high number, but they, they were giving that up basically every other game in February. So I think that's getting better. And if your defense gets better, that's where you can find more consistency. But still, you know, not to be too cliche, but, you know, it's a make-or-miss league, and, and the Jazz missed some shots last night they needed to make, and the Raptors made some shots that the Jazz needed them to miss, including that, that late three from Kyle Lowry, which is not a high-percentage shot, but he made it, and that cost him the game. So do you feel like this is about to be uh, another losing streak after the winning streak after the losing streak? Can we know how this has been going now for, uh, you know, the better part of a month? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the games you've got coming up should be somewhat winnable. You know, uh, I mean, Oklahoma City is a very tough game. That's not that's not a gimme by any stretch. But then you have two games at home against teams you're better than. Now, games at home that the Jazz are better than hasn't necessarily meant anything recently. Where the Jazz are three and seven at, in Salt Lake in their last ten games. You know, they lost to Phoenix. They lost to San Antonio. The Jazz aren't beating teams that they should be beating in Salt Lake. So that's that's troubling. But no, I would think we probably don't see a really long losing streak now of four games or more, which the Jazz have had basically every time they've stepped on the floor. So I think January 7th, the Jazz are either winning games in long stretches or losing games. I, I bet they break that this week. Yeah, you say troubling. I mean, I say shocking as far as this lack of home court success. Uh, I can't put my finger on it. Does it just boil down to shots not going in in those situations or what? I do think that's some of it. I mean, they're just inconsistent. They're, they they don't have a very solid identity, uh, other than being a three point shooting team. And again, some of that is yeah, just shots aren't going in. But you just you don't see the same effort every night. You don't see the same identity from the team every night. Donovan Mitchell doesn't seem to know where he's going to get his shots every night. And that's not that he doesn't know that he's going to get his shots. He gets his shots. They just don't generally seem to come from the same area or the same spot some nights. So. I feel like that's an issue as well, and, and that's on Donovan. That's not on the rest of the team or the coaching staff. That's just, you know, he needs to figure out, you know, if he's three of six from three, maybe some nights he needs to dial it in and, and shoot a few more threes as opposed to trying to get to the rim. And, and some nights if he's not shooting well, he needs to find a way to get to the rim and, and, and score more efficiently or go to the free throw line. Uh, and he, I don't think you saw enough of that last night. So how many parallels do you see between the Jazz and the Rockets, teams that the three is really important because the Rockets take so many or because the Jazz shoot such a high percentage in relation to the rest of the league? Uh, how much of this is live by the three, die by the three, even if last night was a little bit of die by the two? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly some similarities there, and I think that was probably the design. I mean, in the offseason, I think the Jazz said, hey, we're losing to this Rockets team because we can't hit enough threes to stay with them, so we're going to go get a bunch of three-point shooters to try and stay with them. And they did that, and, you know, that's, <laughs> the Rockets might not be their main opponent right now or may not be their uh, their biggest enemy that they have to get through if they want to advance in the playoffs. So I guess that is some of the flaw of designing yourself to, to beat a specific team in the postseason, and I, I think we've seen that happen in the NBA in the past. Uh, so I definitely think there are some parallels there. I mean, I think that was who the Jazz have been gauging themselves or measuring themselves against for the last two seasons. When you say, you know, the Jazz is so far as a three-point shooting team, how many teams are you putting in that in that category? Because it seems like just about not necessarily all of the Western contenders, and I use the word contender a little looser than I would have maybe earlier in the season relative to the Jazz, but it seems to me there's a lot of teams in that same boat. I mean, I think that's just the NBA. Greg Popovich last year said he didn't like basketball anymore because all you have to do is look at the box score and see who hit more threes to, to win games, and a little reductive, and, and it's certainly not the case. But I mean, I was looking at the Milwaukee Bucks last night, and the games that they've lost, they've lost. I mean, I guess thirteen now. But if you exclude last night when they didn't play anybody, uh, when they were going up against the Denver Nuggets, in their twelve losses, seven games or more, their opponent has hit forty-one percent of their threes or better. So basically, if you hit forty percent of your threes, and the Jazz did it, you have a chance to beat them. And if you don't, you're probably going to lose. So that, that's the only way to beat some of those teams. And look, Milwaukee takes a lot of threes. Now they give up a lot of threes, and there's just kind of something funny going on there because the Toronto Raptors we saw last night gave up a ton of, uh, a ton of threes, and the Jazz were somewhat successful. Uh, but but I do think that's going to end up being 
probably ultimately what decides the championship this year is, you know, which team shoots best in the in the finals or in the conference finals. And it's going to come down to, you know, making a few shots versus missing a few shots. It's, again, cliche as it sounds, that's what the NBA has designed itself suddenly to be. It's not, you know, a lot of going to the free throw line and, and isolating or, or running one play over and over like the Jazz did to get the pick and roll. It's just it's not what the league is anymore. See, uh, do you see any backlash to that? Any chance there's going to be rule changes down the or is this the road for the future and you might as well build a team because the rules aren't changing. This is, this is what people want and this is what the NBA is going to be. I think the league's constantly changing because teams are figuring out how to, you know, attack what the opposing weaknesses and, you know, I mean, it's, it's a constant chess move year to year where, again, the, the Milwaukee Bucks and Toronto Raptors give up a lot of three and they're the best defensive teams in the NBA. So that doesn't make any sense if everyone's trying to shoot threes and they're letting you that they're still winning so many games. So there's something there and there will be an adjustment. And look, I, I always kind of believe that the league and the style of basketball is dictated by the best player. So when that was Michael Jordan, teams had to try and figure out how to score around Michael Jordan or, or defend him. So they built their teams accordingly. And then Shaq came into the league, and everybody had to have a seven-foot guy who had six fouls and you know weighed almost 300 pounds just to put a body on him. And then LeBron comes in the league, and it's no surprise that all of a sudden Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, all these six, eight to seven-foot tall guys that are super athletic that can put the ball on the floor become in vogue and it just it changes as the league changes you know Uh, but but Steph Curry was probably the best player in the NBA for a couple of years and everyone tried to mimic that and everyone's shooting threes now so when the next best player comes into the league or the next fad comes into the league it will adjust and I think it's it's foolish for the NBA to try and fix it or get away from it it's also you know some of the most exciting basketball I think the NBA's ever had. You think there'll be any fallout for what happened to Gobert and then his comments after the game? I bet you Rudy gets fined. I mean, you probably you can't say I'm going to do justice myself if the referee could call it. <laughs> I don't think you can threaten to hurt somebody. Uh, also, OG Ananobi should probably be suspended a game. I, I don't want to sound uh, like I'm having an overreaction, but you, you really cannot swing at a player like that, especially at a player's head, especially at an elbow where – with an elbow, I mean, he he sized Rudy up. If Rudy wasn't seven feet tall, I, he really could have, you know, hurt him and, and done damage to the Jazz and done damage to the Jazz's, you know, uh, playoff hopes. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but an injury like that, if it's a concussion or a broken jaw, can cost you what five games? Cost you twenty games if it's a broken jaw. So, I, I mean, I think you absolutely need to let the Raptors and OG and Obi and the rest of the players recognize that. Hey. You can't do it. But it's also the second night in a row that Rudy Gobert has almost gotten to a fight. He almost did it uh, in Detroit as well. So, I mean, I think the frustrations that he's having on the floor are starting to boil over a little bit as well. Yeah, I could sign off on both those things. I think that uh, finding, finding Rudy for popping off like that in the post game. Man, I was sitting right there. That was, that was hard to believe you said that. And then uh, the suspension, I think you're, you're probably spot on with both those things. So the toughness, yeah, the toughness angle, the fact that they got out-rebounded by 19 boards, that they were giving up three and four shots on some possessions, uh, that they let two guys get loose for 11 offensive rebounds on a night that, you know, second night of back-to-back, fifth game on a Western swing, all the excuses are built in and even reasonable that they'd be low energy, but this other team plays with more toughness and more energy. How does Quinn address that? Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's, focus and you know we we talked a little bit last night about 
they're by the time they get back on Thursday, they'll have played seven games in seven different cities. So I'm sure they're a little tired, but they shouldn't have been more tired than the Raptors were last night, especially as shorthanded as they were. So uh, that, that comes down to playing hard, and sometimes that just comes down to focus and, and what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, the Jazz, no pun intended, took their eye off the ball and gave up too many rebounds. And, and sometimes it was some weird matchups, but for the most part, it was just the Jazz not kind of putting in the effort, and, and that's you know that's the problem. You can't let your offense or poor offense dictate whether or not you're grabbing rebounds or whether or not you're trying hard for certain loose balls. And I thought for the most part the Jazz were fine. I was a little surprised, honestly, at the end of the game that the, the rebounding battle was that disproportionate, but you, you need to fix that. You need to find a way to get those rebounds. Put more than one game as far as stock into the Jazz versus Oklahoma City. Uh, I mean, certainly Rudy Gobert talked about how he had watched them. He was at shoot around yesterday. And he talked about how he watched them Sunday when they beat the Celtics because he thinks there's a potential playoff matchup there. And and we we have no idea what's going to happen over these last 18 games of the season. You know, you're an injury away from the Clippers falling from the two seed down to the you know six seed potentially if it's the wrong guy if Kawhi gets hurt. So. I think it's hard to, to know who you're going to be playing or trying to position yourself on who you're going to be playing. But, no, I think this is an important game. I think this is a, a an upper-level team. It's not a great team, but it's a good playoff team. Uh, it's a team that the Jazz have struggled with this season. They really haven't had an answer for Chris Paul in any of the games, including the win. So I think it's an important game. I think you're, you're starting to get to measuring stick games and, and games that are going to determine your playoff seating and, and potential future of who you're going to be playing. So, no, I think this is actually a really huge game for the Jazz. Don't you think that they are probably going to face Oklahoma City or Houston in the first round with a possibility but a less likely chance it ends up being Dallas or Denver? Yeah, I mean, they probably the safest bet is ending up in the 4-5 matchup. I still think that's the case. Now, you look at Denver's schedule, and they certainly hurt the Jazz last night by getting the Bucks, who simply just weren't trying. I mean, they put out five new starters for the first time all season. Uh, Denver's schedule is brutal they have to play i think it's the fourth or fifth toughest schedule the rest of the way you know and the jazz are 16th the jazz aren't don't have an easy schedule by any stretch but denver really has some some landmines that they're going to have to avoid if they want to continue to be in that top two or three so i mean i think ideally if you're the jazz you can pull in that three seed yeah you can get matched up with oklahoma city or dallas uh with the six and you avoid you know that four or five matchup which would be houston and denver and i there's going to be a really fun first-round series this year. I mean, I think all of the first-round series in the West are going to be really fascinating. But I think you're probably right. They're going to have to be a little bit more consistent to make sure they don't fall themselves at, at four or five. But there's a good chance that's, that that's what happens at the end of the season. Ben, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. Ben Anderson. Listen to him on the Jazz pre-, half-, and post-game radio shows right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.